0: Hey Dave, in honour of our, how we did our GBA interview, I'm going to do this one while eating. I don't have crisps, but I do have the end of a waffle, which is it's cold, but yeah, near enough. Oh yeah. from my um, uplifting Christmas memory, is just from last year, I had just moved to the Netherlands to be with a marvellous woman, and I had moved at the, in the middle of November, and my first day there I had met her parents, <laughs> like, yeah, off, literally off the plane more or less. As we were sort of thrown into to meeting them in a way and they were so welcoming and for Christmas because of work I couldn't go back to Ireland which I would normally do. I was just able to at the last minute get the two days of Christmas off and so on the evening of the 23rd we went down on the train and her dad picked us both up and welcomed me and brought us to their house in, in the countryside. There is a countryside in the Netherlands you don't think about it often but it was traditional, low ceilings, wood beams, and and small, and it was the house where their two daughters had grown grown up, and they were both magnificent women. And they welcomed me so much. I spoke two or three words of Dutch, so their Christmas had to be done in English, the movie they watched in the evening had to be something that was in English, and all of these things, And, and, you know, it was wonderful to meet the people who had parented. A magnificent woman because that's what she was she was magnificent that was pretty great and her mother especially was so welcoming to me so welcoming and warm and even though you know her English wasn't so good and such a sympathetic person and in that year my relationship with my mother my own mother had not been going well and meeting this mother who was so much like along so much better and she cooked better and she was so much more sort of intelligent and on the ball and smart and all these positive things that I wasn't feeling with my own mother that opened up the door to a much better relationship with my mother and that's still the case I'm no longer with that woman and that's sad (laughs) she's magnificent not a bad word to say about her and and last Christmas staying in her house you know sharing a bed the first time she's brought a guy home we have to share a bed you know and that's that's must be difficult for parents but they were so so not, and you know what i broke a wine glass oh god not the really not the really good ones the next ones that you don't need to be so careful with doing the washing up i pushed too hard and cracked it and her mother was like doesn't matter maybe you you had anxiety don't worry about it and her father was sort of sitting who broke this it do? just making fun but they were so open to this this stranger who didn't even speak their language you know um And, yeah, I've held on to a really positive, a lot of positive things from Christmas with her family and, of course, my whole relationship with her. It's spread all the way out into how I am with my parents and and my positivity for the future. And now I want to eat some more of this waffle. Good luck with the show, Dave. Um, It might be a tough one, but... Well that's what you're doing it for, right? That's what you're having the conversations. Yeah. Well done. Oh yeah, waffle.
1: Hello, I'm Dave, and I'm the guy that puts this stuff together. I want to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better acquainted with Christmas. The voice you heard to start the show, the long introduction to today's episode, was Connor, who was a guest on the show earlier this year. We recorded a conversation quite some time ago and it finally came out a few weeks ago. He sent it in because I asked for some positive Christmas stories to give some balance to today's episode. So a content note to be aware of for today's episode is that it is about Christmas and Christmas is many things and this episode will touch on many of those things but it definitely skews towards the sadder things about Christmas the more stressful things about Christmas and the reality that Christmas isn't enough to change family dynamics and In fact, it exacerbates them for many. So, when listening to this episode, you should be aware that there's discussion of childhood traumas, of mental health issues, of violence against children, the bleak midwinter. So, with that in mind, happy Christmas to everybody that listens to Getting Better Acquainted from me. Solidarity if you're having a hard time, or if Christmas is a hard time for you. And for those of you who Christmas is a lovely, wonderful, positive thing and remains that every year, year on year out, well done, congratulations. I don't begrudge you genuinely your happy Christmases. I'm glad that you're enjoying them. Maybe. If you have a listen to today's episode, though, you'll get why some people get grinchy and why people have complicated relationships with Christmas. And hopefully Christmas enjoyers and Christmas haters alike can give each other the space to have their reaction to the season, whatever that reaction is, supporting each other in their happiness or supporting each other in in their sadness. There won't be an episode of Getting Better Acquainted next week because next week is Christmas so have a listen back to the old Christmas episodes if you want more Christmas Getting Better Acquainted spirit to keep you warm through this cold period. Not All of the episodes are as sad as this one as well, so you can get some more positive Christmas vibes if you have a listen back to the back catalogue. I'll be back in the new year, probably the first week after Christmas, but who knows? I've got some other things I'm doing over Christmas, like celebrating Christmas, but also I've got a writing project to work on between Christmas and the new year. So apologies in advance if this year, my annual week off becomes two weeks off. The main part of this episode is a conversation with Nina. So, hello Nina. Hi. Um, how do we know each other?
2: Um, we... I don't really know the good answer to this. We almost met on this podcast, nearly. Yeah, uh, kind we of, We were yeah. internet friends for a while. Um, and then... what happened?
1: Within an hour of the first time we met each other, we recorded your first Getting Better Acquainted. Yeah. So they can literally listen back to the kind of almost the first conversation we ever had. Yeah, almost the first
2: conversation we ever had in person. And you can probably hear that I'm, like, nervous because I don't know you. So the tone of this conversation should hopefully be a bit calmer because, like, you're less of a threat.
1: Well, it's very Um... different because the first conversation we had you had like i had in front of me a graph kind of uh of your of your life like a, a like a almost like a family tree of your like that's how it looked to me when it's like it laid a mind out map, wasn't mind map mind map that's a good that's what people call them yeah <laughs> and that was how i was navigating your your life this yeah. time you've got a few notes i've got a few notes but we're sort of doing it without the we've let it's a less structured situation
2: <laughs> yeah um, I think it's because maybe we're less worried that we'll run out of things to say.
1: Well, you're less worried. I was never worried we'd run out of things to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, but we didn't <clears throat> like have any reference points for each other then.
1: No. So, I mean, the way the way we came to record that Getting Better Acquainted conversation was that you were a listener to this show yeah. and you also followed me on Twitter and we got into a conversation on Twitter, uh, no, through emails. Yeah, through email you contacted. Email about me. Twitter. Yeah, and also, like, it started off about Twitter, but it very, very quickly, because neither of us, and this episode will probably demonstrate that, are very kind of conventional when it comes to boundaries. We Mm. very quickly were talking about very long-involved discussions of feminism and podcasting and uh, family history and all sorts of things.
2: Yeah, we were, yeah, got intense.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah, very quickly. Mm. And then... Because of that, I thought I'd invite you to be on the show, and that's that's that happened, yeah. And we did that, and that was great. And then we're f- basically friends right now, yeah. yeah? We, we <laughs> yeah, agree yeah. on that. Uh, I guess we've known each other for two years, right?
2: Uh, must yeah, yeah, because we met on International Men's Day on the
1: internet, <laughs> yeah. On, and that's that's right, been. right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, International Men's Day brought us together, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's the one good thing it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so
1: yeah,
2: we've known each other two years, bookended by these conversations that we're recording then. If we never talk again.
1: Yeah, that's two years. And also, <laughs> yes. like, you know, we, we don't live in the same place, so we rarely meet up. Mm. But you were on the last Christmas special, you were a part of that. Uh, there was kind of an audience, and you were part of the audience. Mm. Uh so, this is your third appearance. I guess I'm getting very I acquainted, guess. technically. I
2: think I was possibly quite quiet on the last Christmas one
1: It's nice I to have was. you there though <laughs> yeah.
2: there was a lot of people. I felt a bit awkward I it was I
1: it, there was a lot of people, not masses of people, but a lot of people f- for you yeah, yeah, <laughs> and for me to be honest, like
2: I thought you dealt quite well, yeah, considering that you had family and friends in one place, I thought you did all right
1: well they were they were hand picked. <laughs> <laughs> different combinations of my family and friends might result in very different things uh, i guess that's the kind of thing we're going to talk about when yeah. we're talking about christmas today the yeah the second thing i ask everybody to to give context for them is uh what do you do now so i guess we should cover um, that okay quick, briefly
2: <laughs> i'm still a student what was i studying when i met you was M- i st-
1: still maths i think i think you just changed
2: I ju- yeah so i just switched out of journalism when i met you so yeah i've been in maths for like ever now I don't like it. What else do I do? I, I used to be an activist. I'm not much of an activist anymore.
1: She's only, uh, she's only on a hiatus. (laughs) I call myself an inactive activist, um, because I am an inactive activist. Nina calls herself that because, you know, she's hard on herself. She's having like a break, uh, and she does a lot more. Like when you think of activists, you listeners at home I assume you think of people who do things rather than just make political statements on Facebook and Twitter I Uh, do that too yeah (laughs) Nina does things I just make comments on Facebook and Twitter and then sometimes (laughs) run after people with microphones and say can you be political into this microphone and then I'll then I can then I can be more active uh, than I actually am yeah
2: uh, so I've not been doing a lot of activism. I write sometimes. I occasionally make podcasts too, although I haven't in a while.
1: They were good. I, liked, I was on one of them. You
2: were. You yeah. were good. <laughs> so I think that's all I do. It's very dull. Sorry. That's not very <laughs> dull. That
1: is what you do. And so, yeah, so there's we met through this podcast. So that's kind of a a kind of Christmasy thing. Is meeting people and friendship, that can be one of the things that happens in Christmas. Nina's face for the record is, is not looking <laughs> like that's what she thinks Christmas is about. And we're going to get into that. My, my attempt at, at pulling us in really didn't work. Um, this, and there's 10 years between us. yeah. So we're, 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 we've, we've seen Christmas at, in different uh, generations, I guess. Yeah, I guess. De- different decades. Uh, I was born in 81. 92. Mm- yeah. yeah, you lucked out missing the 90s really. Well, I was around. Well, yeah, but you weren't a teenager. That's, that's, that was a rubbish time to be a teenager. But anyway, I mean, we're both... Uh,
2: I had Christmas in France. Does that help?
1: Yeah, well, that that's definitely an interesting <laughs> note. I mean, yeah, like... So I've been thinking about this. He says, looking at his notes, slick, slick. I've been thinking about this in the run-up to this conversation. And it's basically the time of year for me when I start being... I mean I I feel like it's a bit appropriative to use this word but I'm going to use it anyway. Uh when I start being triggered by Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh Christmas is everywhere it's in the adverts it's it's everywhere and I have a complicated relationship with Christmas and a lot of my memories of Christmas are not positive. And so everybody's joy there there's a lot of people who are joyful about mm-hmm. Christmas and they 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 I don't want to rain on their parade. But their parade rains on me, you know. So it's it's very awkward.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. So, and and so it makes me get depressed against my best, like, but against what I want because I don't want to be triggered by Christmas because I do like Christmas. I will, for the record, I like it. I I like the best of Christmas,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like I like the best of people, right? But Christmas is often not the best of people.
2: No. That- yeah, I think it's a really intense social time. So when you put the people together and there's this big pressure to um, be good to each other and be pleasant, <laughs> I think it brings out the worst of behaviours. So you get the worst of people on what's supposed to be the best of days.
1: Right. So
2: it's maybe like why the parade is raining on you is they're probably not all behaving their best either
1: right because christmas is about family isn't it that's what everybody loves about it and uh that's why i find it problematic and complicated because my family is problematic and complicated and i think maybe i think people who love christmas maybe they didn't have problematic christmases but then that doesn't seem right because i know loads of people who had fucked up families mm. who are really like Christmassy and they love it. And they almost, it's like them having good Christmases is kind of a fuck you to And that's how I can be yeah. when I, when I manage to get a good Christmas, then it's like, yeah, I fucking won because everyone said I couldn't have good Christmases and I proved them wrong. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think also in unhappy families, sometimes you can manage to make one good day a year. And that, that was mine for a while. Like my mum, my mum really really tried with Christmas and she put an incredible amount of effort in and I don't think my dad was ever into it but he didn't really get in her way too much so she started out she had these ideas of traditions that she wanted so she'd like make us make snowflakes out of paper and put them on the window and there was always a lot of food and a lot of cooking and She she made a big ceremony of buying the tree and decorating the tree. She had like misshapen baubles made out of like tin foil and crepe paper that we made at nursery school, like when we were really little. That she'd make us put on it. She had all these traditions that she'd kind of built, and it really mattered to her. I think that we had a good day, and it was difficult. I remember, I remember one year we were warned throughout december that we had no money that year and not to expect anything what happened was that everybody in our family and like extended circle of friends heard that we had no money that year so actually we did fine for presents like everybody else pitched in because it was like such a big deal to my mother that we like have that once a year i think but piling that amount of pressure on one day and on one like combination of people one family which fundamentally was very dysfunctional like eventually it fell apart but like I had a few good ones like she was she was really good and she put a lot of effort in
1: it's the pressure of the on the on the woman I mean from a feminist point of view the woman's the one who ends up having to try and make christmas work yeah right. no my dad
2: didn't give a shit
1: right <laughs> and and men are like allowed to go off and drink and, and do all of that stuff yeah. um and the woman in the family feels the pressure to make christmas work and then that makes them in my experience in my family history and sounds like yours too uh the pressure's too much and mm-hmm. and, it, and it makes that that woman have a bad experience which impacts the children who have no option but to be part of that family experience because you don't choose to mm. like that's the interesting thing to me hearing you talk because I knew you were going to be you know negative about Christmas I mean that was one of the things that made me think yeah when you said because I, I put out on Facebook what the hell am I going to do for my Christmas special and you were like well I'm coming to stay during that time when you're editing it so I've had some really miserable Christmases <laughs> um, but you I I didn't expect you to have a a positive Christmas memory to start with like I don't have anything as vivid and magical, I don't think, when I'm looking back at my Christmas memories, until I had Christmases outside of my Mm -hmm. family. I have... I've got memories of Christmassy things that I liked, like there's certain stories that I liked. I remember my dad reading those Mm. stories to me. So those are those are positive Christmas memories. But they're kind of tied up with my positive memories of my dad generally reading to me. And that wasn't always at Christmas and that wasn't particularly special at Christmas. Although those stories were the particular ones that happened every Christmas. And I still get a lot of joy from reading those stories. And I'm a big fan of Christmas films, and actually I like the Christmas emotional narrative. It's always a bit sad and then happy, Mm. and I like that mix. But, like, I don't have any that I've, like, paused... Like, I guess I I remember waking up in the morning and opening presents from Santa. Or, in fact, Father Christmas is Mm. what I would have called him. But they're not really connected with the family and they're kind of a bit materialistic. They're like, Mm. Oh yeah, there was chocolate bars or there's a Satsuma, you know, it's very much not like there's no love involved in that. Particularly it wasn't massively exciting, but I don't have any kind of, Oh, the family all came together moments. I don't have any memories of meals being anything other than absolutely stressful and tense.
2: Oh, I have some of those. I've got like, I shared a room with my sisters for a really long time, sort of off off and on until I was about 15, I guess. So I've got memories of waking up on Christmas morning in the same bedroom as my sisters and everyone waking up at the same time and being very excited. And there was a time we weren't allowed to go into my parents' bedroom or into the living room, which is where the presents were, until I think eight in the morning, which isn't that late. But we'd wake up at like six and we'd have to entertain ourselves we'd have stockings so we had small presents to keep us quiet and then I remember I what did so we could all see each other's beds so we we didn't get out of bed but we were kind of like gesticulating and like stage whispering at each other and trying to keep each other quiet so yeah. as not to wake up the parents because they'd be angry if we woke them up too early and we pro- we probably woke them up anyway but we like didn't go to their room and I would tell my youngest sister stories or, like, pretend to sleep and then, like, do really silly sleepwalking or things like that. And that was quite nice. But what happened wasn't that, like... I mean, I'm sure the pressure did get too much from my mum, but what happened is we lost our ability to buy into the myth of it. Like, I think the reality of the rest of our lives just... Seeped in too much for us even to pretend to be happy together, even for like a few days. So you
1: knew it was a mask. Yeah. And so what's the point in putting that on? Because she's still got the same face. Like, well, exactly.
2: Yeah, and I think the first person to lose the ability to buy into it was my middle sister. and She like me and my littlest sister woke up and we went over to wake her up. We were all in the same room still. We woke her up and said, Merry Christmas, Elsa. And she went, Fuck off, I'm asleep. And how old? Oh, I think she was 13. So I, yeah, I would have been 15. No, it must have been earlier than that. She's probably like 12 or 11. But anyway, she was really cross. And so me and my youngest sister sort of put a dent in like our joy, I guess.
1: Yeah.
2: But we tried. And then.
1: I think when she gets to teenage years though well, it, I
2: was older it, than her though and I was like still still buying into it. the magic. but I well I wasn't but I was trying really hard to be
1: yeah I mean the, the belief in Father Christmas goes before mm. then yeah the but, yeah. but, but belief in the idea of family and love and uh, one nice day can can pretty much be for the rest of your life if you're yeah, lucky if enough yeah if you want
2: to yeah or
1: you want to yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, we see that differently clearly <laughs>
2: Um, I really, like, I tried to buy into it after I think I might have grown out of it. I tried. And it was, like, this elusive kind of feeling. It was really hard to hold on to the belief that we could be happy. But I could trick myself into it a little bit. And it was really... It's almost like a smell. and Like, you've got it and then it's gone. And it was sort of... I tried to hold on to it. And then um, what happened was, was... well, so the reason that we weren't happy the rest of the time is that my family is a combination of people that don't suit each other like they're all good people but you put them all in one room and they don't really work
3: yeah. and it's
2: unfortunate that you know we were all like produced at the same time uh, by the same people and also at least half of us have like quite severe mental health problems and at the time they were mostly unacknowledged which meant that at least three out of the five of us were, like, in crises at some point. And um, I I won't say too much about the other people's mental health right. problems because that's their stuff. And me um, too. This
1: is the eternal balance. But mine was find. really
2: severe depression. Um, and that's sort of in my family. So it wasn't just me that had depression. There was sort of depression around. In and a club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, all of the pressure to be okay on one day kind of broke those of us who were already cracked yeah and so christmas became this stage to play out any kind of family drama that was happening like any resentments that were kind of like rumbling under the surface or anybody who was having issues internally would tend to externalize them at christmas so they would get like, saved up, and then there would be the massive Christmas showdown, and somebody would yeah. have a meltdown, and yeah. somebody would have an argument, and everybody would end up yeah. crying.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
2: I remember one year...
1: Bingo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> one year, like, Christmas Eve, I can't... Somebody kicked somebody. Somebody r- tried to run away from home. Right. Somebody There's faked a suicide attempt. right somebody threatened somebody else with a knife and then everybody was like sat in a different room crying and yeah. my mum was going from like one to the other trying to comfort us and it was really she was still trying to hold it together yeah she like she went to my sister's and then she came to me I was crying in the kitchen because there was already somebody in the bedroom um so I was sort of sat at a stool at the kitchen table and she came over and she was trying to comfort me and trying to say oh it can still be okay this was Christmas Eve she said, Christmas can still be okay You know, we can all just go to bed and we'll still be okay. And I said to her, Mum, I know you really believe in this, but I don't, and I don't want you to convince me. And she got really angry and stormed out. And that was. And then that was the first Christmas that we all acknowledged that it wasn't really okay. And we. Everybody slept in rather than getting up and being excited. And we all just sort of uncomfortably watched television and over it. And didn't really pretend to enjoy it that year.
1: That's sad. <laughs> Sorry. It is sad, but I mean it's real, and it's what happened. Um, and I mean, a lot of that is very relatable to me. My family never got to that point of like, right, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, they just kept on trying to pull it together. Oh. I mean, they like some members more than others tried to pull it together, but there's always been the same. good Christmases are the ones where that did that stuff didn't go down. Mm. And that was as good as you could get. Like, there was anger, there was shouting, there was tension, but but there was no, you know, violence or destruction of property or uh, dramatic scenes of a, you know... I mean, I, I make this reference all the time in my life. I've, I've done it on lots of storytelling, of, like, my family being, like, EastEnders. But the reason that I think that... that that I come up with that analogy is that my family do talk in kind of cliche, dramatic Mm. sentences that you've heard so many times, like the, the, the the famous Christmas thing is about me. I mean, famous is a ridiculous thing to say about yourself, but the thing that I go on about a lot is that I was told, you know, um, that I ruined Christmas (laughs) by my mum, Right. And that's really EastEnders dialogue. (laughs) You've ruined Christmas. Um, and, yeah, I mean, in fact, at the moment, I've changed my Twitter, my name on Twitter to "You Ruined Christmas" as a, as a, as a kind of, a little bit of like a fly in the ointment of all of the positive Christmas names everybody's taken on. It's like I know they're having a lovely time, and I don't want to rain on their parade. But as I say, just take, the, just take your parade away from me for a bit. Just sometimes. That's yeah. how I feel about the world. It's like Christmas is really oversold, right? Because yeah. it's commercial. And I'm sure that's a big problem. Yeah, it's you've a got festival of too.
2: consumerism, isn't it? But how do you, like, seeing as when it's Christmas time, your triggers surround you? Like, how do you cope
1: or Well, do you just not? Well, differently, different times. Like, this Christmas is hard. Like, I think that this, this thing as well, like, it doesn't matter what your relationship with Christmas is. When you get to be an adult, it changes. Mm-hmm. So even if you had the best Christmases when you were a kid, when you're an adult, you can't have your child Christmases anymore. There's a, inevitably going to start being a sense yeah. of loss or sadness at Christmas. And and Jen also, who is my partner, she, her her Christmases were really positive but they were family focused and now her grandparents have passed away so a big part of her and
2: she's not a child
1: right but the people aren't there anymore Mm. the actual people who made Christmas Christmas are there to to make it Christmas Mm -hmm. so because of that she's got she still loves Christmas Mm -hmm. and she's always going to have a really positive relationship with christmas but she's got these new feelings to work through and these sadnesses to work through and so almost it feels to her like christmas is under threat because she's got more sadnesses on on her shoulders mm-hmm. and so my negative relationship with christmas and her complicated relationship with christmas butt up against each other a little bit so the last week that's been been uh, something that we've been experiencing in the that she really wants Christmas to still be good and she's trying to find it and I'm just finding Christmas to be a bit much for me that said I love it when we get it right and I've I've had good Christmases with Jen Mm. Jen showed me that Christmases can be good Um, but the last two years Christmases have been really hard actually and uh, um, for me anyway you were in
2: Prague with your mum. I you?
1: was in Prague with my mum for one of them. That's one of yeah, the ways we, did, we became yeah, friends, right? Twitter
2: bonded over having horrible Christmases with family members. Yeah. I now, was in Glasgow my with on my sister. Chris, on
1: Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah.
2: you can just text me now though. We have each other's numbers now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's that's safer. <laughs> but yeah, that's right. In in Prague was a I'd had a I had a really great Christmas with my mum. Actually there's a another podcast Christmas special that, that that deals with that, that Christmas in Amsterdam that I had a holiday. Um, And I guess I sort of thought I'd repeat the, repeat the the format and it was harder this time. The second time, you know, you can't always have a a dramatic plot arc that Mm. involves you learning and growing. Sometimes (laughs) you just have to go away and find it hard and then come back. I'm not saying that I don't love my mum and I'm not saying that a lot of that time away, there was no arguments there was, she only you know, she only, she cried on Christmas day and there was drama but it was only a brief moment, as as far as as far as bad Christmases go, it really wasn't dramatically the worst but uh, it was just a sustained period of time where I felt isolated and kind of like cut off from anything Christmassy I guess and had, had was having this kind of, I, I think I was working through stuff about my mum as well which yeah. wasn't handy to be doing when you're with your mum, like mm-hmm. in fact you need to do these things separately a little bit and then come back together I guess
2: It yeah. wasn't my worth Christmas either, I was only with my sister so I'd already decided that I didn't go home for Christmas I decided that I haven't been back for two or three years now but My sister didn't want me to be on my own, so she invited me to come and stay in her halls of residence with her and have Christmas with her and all the international students who couldn't afford to go home, which could have been nice. Um, uh, But I ended up... We just have such different expectations of things. My sister buys into the idea of family much more than I do, so she has these ideas of how we should interact and how we should talk to each other, and what we should like doing together, and how much time we should enjoy spending together.
1: Well, you don't buy into very many ideas <laughs> I like about the way that way that things should be structured. You've got your own point of view on it, and that's that's. I think that's a very. Uh, I like that about you. It's one of my things I enjoy about you as a friend.
2: It's not fun being related to me though, like because I get
1: that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> people have people all could these say ideas. say the same about me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's just sort of we had this argument about love i think about the nature of romantic love and
1: oh yeah i remember this (laughs) from twitter yeah Yeah. yeah. and
2: and then like i made her cry and i felt really bad and i went and like slunk off into the room that i was staying in and i went and like sat on twitter and you were like on twitter having a really bad time and it was sort of nice to commiserate with you
1: yeah i had a hashtag and everything yeah (laughs) yeah That was the way I got through it. I mean, sometimes that's the thing. Like, sometimes as a, a writer, or just probably as a person, but, like, I find it really useful to comment. Like, if I start commenting on something that's hard mm-hmm. to deal with, like, random uh, non-sequitur, but, like, when nine eleven happened, I wrote a poem for the entire time because I thought the world was going to end, and the only way I could deal with it was to, uh, from the outside, like, record my thoughts about it, you know. Which is, you know, because it was... Properly scary. I mean, yeah. especially for someone as cynical as I am. Like as soon as that, like I was like, right, World War Three is happening, and I'm going to get called up. And... <laughs> wow, that's
2: yeah. very complex. Yeah, that's how
1: it starts. It. It's like before we talk about anything else, I'm not fighting in any wars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hardly Lucky remember hell. it, but I I was nine, I think. So I just and I remember like watching the footage over and over again. I don't I don't think I had. I don't
1: think I wrote a poem or anything. Yeah, I was 19, I think, is the summer of the first year of university. I went to stay with Jen, uh, with her family, for the first time, and uh, did lots of things. Alienated her dad for the rest of my life, maybe, from a conversation (laughs) about child support. And, uh, um, yeah, 9-11 happened, and it was complicated as fuck. Uh, for me, but nowhere near as complicated as far as for all those people in (laughs) New York and all of the people who are affected by it all over the world. I don't want to suggest that me, miles away, matters in any way. Um, So, right, so that that was two years ago's Christmas, and last year's Christmas I had a complicated one that I won't go into, really. I mean, this is it. Like, it's very hard to have family lives like we've had right and then to try and find ways of talking about it that's fair to everybody and doesn't doesn't give them their secrets away but still allows us to tell our our realities well
2: i think i've come to like an acceptance that my openness is more than what they would like but i think it's fair (laughs) (laughs) so i i feel like i should be allowed to talk about the things that happened to me they don't always like that I do it, yeah. but I still think I'm allowed. And then it's just weighing up how much discomfort I'm willing to make, and it turns out I'm like willing to make them quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I mean, definitely, if my family hears this, I mean, this is it all the time, you know. Yeah, of course, I love you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you know, the, there's been complications, and you know, even saying family is misleading um but but you know you've got to got to have a little bit of fog around things but yeah like it has been the the last two years have been hard and i i think they hit me in a different way because i had got to the point where the narrative i constructed around christmas was it was really hard i uh, but i got away from it And I found the magic of Christmas and I was like, I had a Christmas arc and I suddenly every year was going to be wonderful because it was either going to be spent with Jen or it was going to be spent doing things that I wanted to do. Like I, I I had a Christmas on my own once. That was good.
2: I'm having one of those
1: this year. Oh, nice. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. People will be unnecessarily sympathetic to you about it. I know. And worried. Yeah. Worried and all that stuff. I got loads of writing done. It was really good.
2: I'll try and do that too.
1: (laughs) But um, but but yeah, I mean, that was my narrative was like, so from now on, I will choose to only have good Christmases mm-hmm. for I am owed these by the amount of years I've had bad Christmases. But it turns out, and I don't now, like...
2: Yeah. Narrative arc is all screwed up.
1: Yeah, it's not as easy as that. You, you have other requirements. You know, you want to see your niece or whatever. So you mm-hmm. make compromises that mean that you have Christmases that you wouldn't ideally choose. Or, you know, you make decisions because you know that me never having a Christmas with all my family together means that my siblings are condemned to a life of having to negotiate that problem without me being involved and then you feel guilty because your siblings are having to to take it on the team. Okay, chin.
2: but they're choosing to be involved as well. <laughs> right,
1: right? So, you they're allow adults that, too. so you allow that to happen for a few years and then you have to take one for the team for a year just to make yourself feel a little bit better and then you can get back with being selfish, which I'm doing this year, selfish Good. again.
2: Good, well done.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, pl- I'm, pre- I'm really pleased and I am actually looking forward to it. We've got a Christmas tree, as that you can see in front of you. I don't really have anything to do with decorating it, but I do appreciate it. And it's definitely like, for me, it's a weird thing. So it's a bit like star-crossed lovers with, in regards to Christmas, Mm. we're like, she's from the Christmas uh, gang and I'm from the Mm. anti-Christmas gang and we shouldn't be together, but we are. (laughs) Um,
2: And then Jen saved your Christmases and then the narrative art got messed
1: up. Yeah. I mean, she did save my Christmases, but then who's to save her Christmases? Like as she gets older, her relationship with Christmas changes, like I say, And I think it, it has to happen that way yeah. no matter how good your christmases were they're no longer yours there comes to be a time when they're about the next generation of kids or whatever you know yeah. if if that's what christmas is for you because that's what a lot for a lot of people christmas is about kids yeah, but I, if you
2: don't have kids what right do you
1: do? well i don't know i i i go and see my niece and that's mm. I, I i've definitely found a lot of joy in allowing my niece to have the kind of christmas experiences that i never could have mm. there's that's really a kind of cathartic moment to, to go, right, I've given someone a magical experience. I suspect it'll be disappointing when she's 30 or whatever. She won't remember any of those. They won't be the Christmas moments that yeah. I hoped they were. They won't be the experiences that I felt they were. But for now, I can convince myself that's true. <laughs> it's all right. But what is Christmas for you? Then?
2: At the moment, nothing. I have refused and resisted going home for Christmas the last two or three years. I can't remember. I wanted to spend it alone all of those years. So far, I've not been allowed. (laughs) Someone has always come and saved me in the nick of time and I didn't really want saving. So I went to my sister and (laughs) that didn't go too well. And then my very good friend martine invited me to sort of go and have dinner with her lot and that wasn't too bad but it was kind of you know it wasn't my family it was martine and her daughter and her grandson and her grandson's dad and her ex-husband and their son so they were all kind of related to each other and then i was just kind of there and it felt a bit I mean, it was fine because they're people that I like, but one, it was kind of too many people for me in one place that I got kind of like socialised out within about an hour and a half.
1: You're very unsuited to Christmas, (laughs) it has to be said.
2: (laughs) Yes, I am. Um, I just like went home and lay in my bed on my own for quite a while and liked that better. So I think I'm allowed to go around this year again if I want, but probably I won't. I'm invited to a solstice party, like as soon as I get back to Newcastle, I've got an fun. invite to a solstice party. Well, except that it's a party.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I can get into parties sometimes and sometimes I can't, and uh, that's like my ambivert privilege, I guess. But, you, you know, yeah. I mean, I'll I go
2: for about an hour. Have you
1: um, ever enjoyed a party?
2: I, I really don't think I have. Wow. No. I I just don't, I don't know who I am if you put me in a room with more than one other person, because every one of my relationships feels unique. And like, so I'm not the same to you as I am to the next person. And so if you put you and the next person next to each other, I don't know whose friend I'm being. So I don't know who I am. I get confused. And so I just either don't talk or like be obnoxious and loud.
1: Yeah, I mean, be obnoxious and loud is the the way I tend to go with it. Uh, they are the ones I have. If I if I have a good party, it's because I've become obnoxious and, and loud in a way that's entertained other people. Okay. If I have a bad party, it means that either I've become obnoxious and loud in a way that hasn't entertained other people, or I've just uh, not engaged with anybody and stayed at the side and yeah, I just slink can't, off. Can't do that. But but it really does depend on my my mood.
2: So, I have less bad parties, like right.
1: I have... <laughs> like, like my less bad Christmases. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. Well,
2: if you, can... <laughs> if you can like single off one person and go and intensely talk at them in a corner, I'm alright at that. Yeah. So I might do that. I might single out somebody and like ruin their party and make them talk to me. <laughs> but It'll be, I don't know. I'm flattered to be invited, and I like that people want to integrate me into, like, their ceremonies and traditions. I'm just quite resistant to all of those ceremonies and traditions, so I think I just want to, like, hang out on my own for a bit.
1: You don't like Christmas, then, basically?
2: Um, I remember liking it. It's I, It's difficult to completely dismiss it, because I really respect the effort that people who put into making it good... and I really I know that it's really hard work and I know that some people really really enjoy it I don't want to uh, yeah I don't want to belittle that
1: yeah no I feel this exact same way apart from I can get into it but But
2: I don't like maybe like I'm at an age where I can still write off any attitude I have as an obnoxious face so maybe this is an obnoxious face yeah
1: like,
2: <laughs> I'm 22, I could just be having, like, a massive rebellion against, like, I think this is something that people think about my politics as well, they think that I'm very left-wing now because I'm 22 and I'll mellow out and become a capitalist to, or whatever. It doesn't
1: have to happen. No, it's those, okay. those people it doesn't happen to, so don't <laughs> worry.
2: But just as, like, people say that to me about, like, capitalism, that it'll grow on me, or... And maybe family will, or maybe well, I think family Christmas is
1: a bit w- bit more valuable, or Christmas even is a bit more valuable yeah, than capitalism. They're all kind of the same, aren't they? Well, that's like the Christmas thing. is
2: a capitalist um, festival of family. They're all kind of interlinked.
1: Well, that's the thing, and there, but we can unpick them. I mean, I guess that, for me, is the thing. So, like, yeah, there are multiple problems with the very existence of Christmas, like uh, organised religion is problematic, capitalism and consumerism, which is really what it's all about now, are problematic.
2: Coercive family
1: dynamics. Coercive family dynamics are problematic. You know, all, 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 like, all of the things of, like... Uh, some people having and some people have not mm-hmm. like the the fact that 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 tiny Tim you know dies in reality
3: yeah
1: I mean and the the fact that uh for every wonderful Christmas tale we've got the we, we even if we're all of those people and there's wonderful people who are helping in uh homeless shelters mm-hmm. at Christmas they're only doing it at Christmas yeah. and when they're doing it the rest of the year and I'm not doing it at all so I can't speak <laughs> There's terrible things about Christmas, but there are also some really positive things that you can unpick from within it, I think. Like, there's like uh, wishing peace and uh, uh, family, the non abusive dynamics that can exist, uh, like, you know, love and friendship and uh, sharing things together i don't think
2: christmas is about friendship i think new year's is about friendship well i think that
1: family can can be about friendship if you have that right dynamic happen to you Mm. i mean i i say this as someone who obviously has a complicated family but i'm lucky enough that i can i would say i'm friends with my dad i'm friends with my sister i'm friends with my brother i'm you know i'm friends with lots of members of my family who I've probably forgotten and missed out and then they'll be offended. You can, you can, and I'm not, you know, even, even my mum, I'm probably complicatedly a friend with. You can have friendship within that dynamic.
2: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I sort of, I used to, like, draw very strong boundaries between friends and family. And now I think that definitely my middle sister is now you know properly grown up and moved away and we, we can interact as adults you know not kids who share a bedroom it's sort of I could say I'm friends with her but I wouldn't choose to like have a day where I have to spend time with her I just I'd rather just like call her when I want to talk to her
1: so yeah I mean so obviously the thing is what you can't do when you're unpicking Christmas is actually change people's actual families so it doesn't matter how much yeah. you like these ideas they're not necessarily your realities and you know that's fine, and that's just like that's what, what happens I'll change
2: people. when my sisters have children I'm pretty sure that they, well, at least one of them will probably both, because then those will be children that i that I'll want to have a relationship with i think
1: yeah you'd be a good aunt
2: mm, you yeah. will
1: <laughs> I mean you know, I hope they're women, I hope they're girls, uh actually, I hope they're boys uh that's just complicated. I think you'd be good whatever gender happens. <laughs> Um, I don't know. But you, you'll definitely be an interesting... You'll you'll be a very interesting non-parental influence on their life. And I'm a big fan of non-parental. Yeah, influences.
2: non-parental adults in children's lives are important. Yeah. But I don't know how good i Especially, be
1: like, feminist activist ones.
2: Well, <laughs> I'm not that much of an activist. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, but... <laughs> I don't, like... At the moment, I feel... As free as I can of obligation to my family, I think that will change when there are children.
1: Yeah, but I think that's healthy to have that gap. And I, I, I tried you know, I think in a way, the reason that my Christmases have been more complicated of late is because I've had to, uh, mm. yeah, make those compromises to inco- to incorporate the next generation to, and have a relationship with the mm. next generation. But also, you know, my my relationship with my more problematic members of my family have changed as well because I've worked on those issues and grown with them and they've worked on their issues it has to be both sides deciding to to go that route to a certain extent yeah what christmas can be about is a light in the darkness it can be about that's like what the pagan traditions were about you know the uh i've just done this this play thing um that's been around christmas set in 1643 and you know the pagan traditions that they still celebrated even though they were puritans and before then they'd been catholic they're all about natural uh natural things to decorate the house there's there's less consumerism it's about going out and getting holly and ivy and holly representing male and ivy representing female or maybe the other way around and you know mistletoe being about like kissing boughs and you take a take a berry for each kiss and then when there's no more Berries, you don't get a kiss. Like it's a, that's an interesting like. <laughs> whoa, okay, I, I've there lost. There are only no, so yeah. many
2: kisses in this house. Right,
1: <laughs> There's a, it's, a, it's a kind of interesting. That's interesting, and the, the the idea of like the yule log can't be. You can't um, you can't go out and get one. It has to be uh, given or fa- like found. You you can't go out and deliberately get that log. It has to come to you. There's interesting like traditions and things like. I'm not against interesting traditions. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should be orthodoxies like I think if people don't want to get involved in things they shouldn't be have to get involved in them but I do see the value in in having a day like like Jen's atheist family do which about like let's all get together and spend time with the people we like and eat a big meal and be indulgent and not feel guilty about it and just have a kind of I guess an ultra self-care day like you know yeah, that but they're lucky my idea that of they... self-care
2: isn't spending time around the people I share, like Chrome Exactly.
1: So they're lucky that they have that opportunity <laughs> yeah. as a family to have that experience. They're lucky, but it doesn't mean that that's like, it's that's a valuable experience. Mm-hmm. I wish that I had that experience.
2: You can only have it as a relaxing day if the people that you're supposed to have it with are your relaxing people. And yeah. My family aren't my relaxing people; they are people that I care about very much and that I like a lot, but they're definitely not the easiest people for me to spend time with and yeah, you get a holiday at Christmas and you're supposed to be recuperating. but like I feel like when I come back from like spending time with family, that's when I need the holiday It's like, not when I need to go back to university and right. start working. that's when I need to spend like five days like inside my headphones on my own,
3: yeah,
2: walking around. So if it was an ultra self-care day, I would spend that probably mainly on my own and then like with one person at a time. Well, that's how you're going to be
1: celebrating Christmas this not, year, even, right? I
2: probably won't even see anyone.
1: Yeah, that's good, right? Yeah. That's what you want.
2: Yeah. But then like...
1: Introverts can have their own Christmases too. They're allowed to have their own way of being in the world and do what they want. <laughs> like,
2: I don't know if I'm an introvert.
1: It's an interesting question, isn't it?
2: I do like people a lot and I do get a lot out of interacting with them it's just like quite a narrow range of ways that I can do that
1: well that's an an, an introvert I mean like the the reason I I use the word introvert is not because I think it's a bad one like Jen's an introvert like there's like really it's about how many people you like to interact with Mm. it's like how being social right it costs you yeah you're an introvert
2: Right, but it like it can cost me less with certain people. Right, but that
1: doesn't mean you're not an introvert. Like Jen likes to talk to people. Jen likes to have friends. Like it just means that you don't want group dynamics are hard. They take a lot from you. You need your own time afterwards to recuperate. It doesn't mean you don't enjoy social interactions. It doesn't mean you can't perform or all sorts of things. Like a lot of introverts perform. Uh, You don't perform that much unless I get you to. Um, I mainly only
2: ever perform when you ask me to. Yeah. Well, it's all right. I can do that if I want to see
1: Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's one of the things that's problematic, right? Everyone's different in how they want to interact. And yeah. so that that can be a problem within family dynamics as well. Like it, it's, it's finding a balance in a way that you can all fit together. And I think some families naturally have that. Some yeah. families can find that. Other families can't.
2: It must be difficult to find it yeah it must be like that must be such hard work I mean, in fairness, I haven't tried much, but um, it must be hard to go from being really uncomfortable around each other to becoming comfortable, but then I don't think they all share my discomfort. I think they're more comfortable around me than I am around them
1: yeah well that's always the question you never know how much it's reciprocated do you when you feel discomfort like I don't think my mum had a bad time in Prague I think if mm-hmm. she hears this episode and I'll try to avoid her hearing it but if she does hey mum uh, <laughs> although she doesn't find them very interesting listening to long-form conversation I oh, don't good. think so I don't so think she she's last this year. now hope so but I don't think she had that experience of Prague mm. necessarily. and I think she would be hurt to find that I was like tweeting about my discomfort and moaning about that. Maybe that's a questionable thing, whether I should do that. But no, sometimes you it. have to do something to, to cope. Um, and rightly or wrong, I mean, I wouldn't mind if if she finds out all of this stuff I'm saying, if she listens to this, yes, it will result in a hard conversation. But I would be prepared to have that hard conversation. Right if she wanted to, I've had hard conversations with her before, some of them on mic, some of them not on mic. And it's like, if she doesn't know that I love her, then I don't know how else I can show her because I've told her many times. And if she doesn't understand that I have a complicated relationship with her based on the way that she brought us up, uh, which she should understand that too. I mean, she was there too. She will remember Mm -hmm. how part of her brain will remember at some times in lucid moments. What she was like. So, it's not like I'm pretending that no, she's a different person than she is. I just know that she might uh feel like she'll only hear the negative stuff I say yeah. rather than the positive, and that's what kind of Christmas is all about for me. Like that's the problem. It's all about people trying to be happy and then like trying to make other people and everyone worrying about if. Uh, how you know is everybody having a happy Mm -hmm. christmas if everyone having a happy christmas is christmas working is christmas working you know like i the the the, the year i ruined christmas the idea that 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 at one action one moment an accidental opening of the wrong present can ruin an entire day for an entire group of people is absurd
2: and why is that day more important not to be ruined than any other right like you should i mean it's not a big deal but that should be able to happen on any day without the day being ruined.
1: Well, and just for the record, I mean, the person who ruined Christmas in the moment when a child accidentally opens the wrong present is the adult that responds to that incorrectly, like, it, like yeah. as if that's a bad thing, and, and then shouts and screams and stomps up the stairs and stuff. Or the other adult that, you know, my stepdad, if I'm being un-euphemistic, who pushed me back into the Christmas tree and hit me, right? Those, yeah no, that wasn't those, your fault those, that's their are ruining Christmas <laughs> yes. Christmas was, wasn't ruined when I opened the wrong present mm. Christmas was ruined by the reaction to that and that's an extreme example but I think it's often about that it's about if you can just go oh yeah fuck it we burnt the sprouts or whatever yeah. then that's fine it's, but, but, but that's not what happens at Christmas No,
2: people, oh, people put so much pressure on themselves to be happy and sort of I don't know like I like being happy when I'm happy but I'm not happy all the time and I don't I don't find that pretending to be happy when I'm not makes me feel very good. And so I don't... I resent being asked to act. But on the other hand, I'm here at yours at the moment, but overall I'm down south to be with my mum. And I'm staying with her at the moment. And she, like... I know that when I express my discomfort at being around her and the rest of my family... I know that that hurts and I know that it's easier for her if I pretend to be as comfortable around them as they are around me or as they are acting I don't know like like maybe they're uncomfortable too probably they are a bit but um like I keep going to the spare room which I'm sleeping in and just sort of lying on my bed on my own and sort of I don't know, it's like defragmenting or something. Like, I sort of spend some intense time around some family and then I think, oh, who even am I anymore? I need to go and lie down. And so I go and lie down and then within five minutes there's a knock at the door. What are you doing? Um, I mean, you came here to see us and you came all this way and we only see you once a year. Uh, I I think I understand the rejection that they feel. Like, I... I'm behaving in ways that are rejecting them because I'm not wanting to spend every available second with them and I'm not pretending to enjoy every interaction I have with them. And it's not that I don't love them, I do. I tried to explain this to my mum last year. Last year I visited in December too. I saw you as well, in fact. Yeah, Um, that's right. She decided that we would do Christmassy things ahead of Christmas because I'd refused to stay for Christmas. So we caught out a board game and she drank some baileys and i ate some smarties and we were playing the board game and she was progressively getting drunker and i was i kept winning because i was sober <laughs> and it was a slightly mathsy game so i had an advantage there as well and in the end we sort of like gave up the pretense of the game and she just said why don't you want to stay for christmas why are we doing this now and i said well because much as i love you and my sisters I find us as a group a really dysfunctional group. Right. And I just don't think that we're a good combination of people if you put us all in the same room at the same time. With all this pressure, I don't think it works. And she went, that sounds a very sensible and logical explanation. This is always what you do, Nina. You give very logical, sensible explanations. But I have an alternate theory. And I went, okay, what, what do you think is going on? And she went, I think... I think that I am Christmas, and that in rejecting Christmas, you are rejecting me.
1: <laughs> right. and
2: I didn't really know what to do with that because I think that was a very sincere expression of the feeling that she's having about it.
1: Yeah, I reckon you, and your mum, and my mum would be interesting combination. <laughs> More I hear about your mum, yeah.
2: <laughs> so I know that maybe my experience isn't entirely comprehensible to her and that her experience isn't entirely comprehensible to me and like maybe that's a distance that we can't bridge and we can only we can only try to make each other more comfortable so far
1: um
2: what's comfortable for me is not being there on the day and I hope that I become more comfortable around them
1: I said it to my family I said it like I love you all individually but when you're all together it's a terrible combination and not just is it a terrible combination I think it's a combination that I make worse Mm -hmm. like my feeling about my family is that when they all get together I'm the catalyst that causes the argument because I'm the one who goes around talking to them all openly about everything without any boundaries and then they all just scream at me and each other but I mean and I end up under the table Famously, well again, I'm saying famously, as if my family history is like everybody <laughs> knows it, but it is like that we're a family that talk about all of the things that happen every time we meet up with each other, so the mythology grows, yeah. but like I yeah, the one time they the, like I went to see them all together, and then they were all like sh- like i say all like my mum started shouting at everybody, and like there was a big argument, and I went and hid under the like crawled under the table, and they just carried on like this. Uh, shouting at each other and shouting oh, Dave, at each other until <laughs> my brother came out. It was brilliant. Like it was one of the, my, my like, It's my one of my top love moments with my brother. Like he came out and he was like, "Stop shouting at each other! My brother is under the table!" <laughs> and then he wouldn't take any shit. He used his teacher voice and everything, and sent my mum to bed. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so, you know, there are always it's these nice, nice moments in yeah. the in the misery, isn't there? I mean, I'm sure there must have been a moment on that. I can't remember anything else about that day I ruined Christmas apart from the... It, it ends narratively in my brain when I was hit, like, with the Christmas tree. I mean, like, that's, like... It's proper, like, going to always ruin Christmas, right, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you actually in the Christmas tree being hit on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, after you've been told it's that it's you ruined Christmas. This is kind of... I didn't understand why I didn't like Christmas for a while because don't, you don't really think about your, mm. your, your life as a narrative um, in that kind of way, like linear. Yeah. Because you just remember your memories, don't you? Um, but, yeah, it makes sense why I've always had a complicated relationship with Christmas since then. I loved New Year. That was all right. I, could, I, yeah, and, I did New Year. And I did... New Year, to me, is kind of about family because it was always about coming to London and staying with my older sister and, like, being in London and all cool stuff happening in the parties, no one shouting. It was just the adults getting on with each other. Wow. And, like, having fun and liking each other and all of that stuff. And as I got a bit older, like, able to, like, you know, get drunk with them and stuff. It was, uh, yeah, New Year was always good and family-focused. Mm. And I know for a lot of people it's friendship-focused.
2: Yeah, I think that was the rule, like... For a lot of like kids in France, is you spend Christmas with your family, but then you can like go off and do whatever the, with your friends at New Year. Yeah, I didn't have any friends, so I just like hung out with my family. I remember I, this one year, I think I I must have got a camcorder for Christmas. I think that's what happened. So then I was trying to make like, I what was I trying to do? I was trying to make a documentary or something. And I was wandering around the house on New Year's Eve with this camcorder, trying to interview my family about the year that had just passed and what they would remember and I went up to my my dad uh, who was already drunk I mean he was drunk every day but he was more drunk on that day and I went up to him and went what what have we achieved this year and he sort of like raised his glass of wine to the camera and went nothing nothing at all and then my dad has this thing My mum and dad made a deal when my mum started as a freelance translator that my dad would be like the house husband, uh, but rather than like cooking and stuff, he would fix the house because we were living in a ruin. But then he didn't do it. But then in December, he'd always remember that he hadn't like, he was supposed to build us bedrooms and like, cover up all the like live electrical wires on the stairwell and like, install a shower. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, strip the linoleum off the walls and, like, put tyres on the floors. So you'd remember that you was supposed to do all these things.
1: Yeah, I mean, your family basically was, like, a Dickensian <laughs> creation. Like, you were, like... Like, you were in France, right? Yes. In a kind of ruin.
2: Um, the last ten years. Well, we, we... We bought this very nice... Well, it would have been very nice if it hadn't been falling down. This very nice house in the French countryside. And it was much cheaper than it should have been. We should never have been able to afford it, but we could because it was falling down. Right. And my dad used to be a construction worker and he's a sculptor and he's very good with his hands. He's very good at building and very good at fixing cars and electricals. He has all these skills.
1: But he's also good at procrastinating.
2: He likes to, yeah, he (laughs) likes to get up in the morning and have a few cups of tea and then he moves on to beer and then he moves on to wine and then he goes to bed. Right. So... This would happen every day for a year. And then it would get to December and he'd realise he would he had not done anything and get this awful attack of, like, I think masculine pride. That oh, yeah. he hadn't done anything in the year. And he hadn't done any, any of these manly jobs that he had on his to-do list. So he would, like, start the December project, which was exactly when everybody was cold and, like, the kitchen was the warmest room in the house because it had the oven in it. And But he would, like seal off the kitchen and be like nobody can come in the kitchen because I before the next year I will have retiled the kitchen and he wouldn't but then nobody could like go and get food but we couldn't like disrupt the December project because it would be the one thing he'd achieved in the year so there would always be like construction works happening somewhere in the house that we had to tiptoe around to like not bruise his ego
1: happy Christmas
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so I went up to him with my camcorder and asked him what he'd achieved and I think the December project had failed it usually did and he just sort of held up his glass of wine to the camera and went, nothing, like every year. We've done nothing and on to another bleak year or something like that. Like, that's quite dramatic. Yeah. And then like, my mum asked me to stop filming. <laughs> and that was that year. It's the only New Year's I can really remember. Well, that's
1: your family videos. Yeah. When you get together, <laughs> let's have a watch. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I I at least had the Happy New Year experiences when I was growing up to Yeah, but you have the com- ability
2: to enjoy parties. I can't even really do that now. Yeah. I could have a happy new year on my own or with like one person.
1: You can have happiness. You just it's just it's okay to have it in your own way, it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> I know, but when there's such a prescribed way for everybody else to enjoy it, you yeah, you have to enjoy yeah, it. But on your nobody
1: own. enjoys prescribed happiness. Isn't that Really, the problem with Christmas that is that it's everybody having to be happy, it's everybody having to get together. It's there's no, there's no cons, we've not con, yeah, but we've some not,
2: people like that stuff,
1: yeah, but 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 some people don't, and mm. many people will not say, or they'll feel that they should mm. like it and they'll push themselves to like it, or they'll like you know, it, it's the fact that it's and there's this idea that if you don't achieve it, you've failed as well. Yeah. That there's a big part of it as well. It's like not, it's like having to have a good time. Yeah, sure. Loads of people like it, but it's the it is the uni- like the uniform pressure of it yeah. that is the problem. There's nothing wrong with people having a good time in loads of different ways that they will want to have good times. Like there's loads of wonderful ways people can spend Christmas that have got nothing to do with the traditions that we've got. Yeah. You know, and you know, Christmas is a thing. It's like a it's a it's a it's an international thing. You know, in Australia they have barbecues and drink white wine. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> It, you know, it's it is international, and it's also a time when loads of other people, lots of yeah. other religions, have festivals around There's that a time. There's
2: value in a shared experience, even if it's mixed or bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I think there's value in a sh- I, I guess for me, there's value in a shared experience, but I feel like all shared experiences need to be um, by mutual consent of everybody yeah. involved. So, you know, that's how I'd like society to operate, you know. But that's also how I'd like families to operate and all of these things. And it's hard, though. We're all fragile human beings that have been battered around yeah. by our own experiences. Our parents are bringing all of their shit to to yeah. our to our upbringings and then you know if well I'm not going to have any kids but if you have any kids which oh, I don't I think would. you're planning to do <laughs> I mean we're out of the loop we've, we've we've luck, you know we're making that decision partly yeah. so that we don't have to be the ones who are like bringing our shit to the Christmases of yeah. our of our, of our no, next we'll just night. be
2: like the miserable aunts and uncles yeah <laughs> well
1: I don't think you have to be miserable I quite like it like I like I'm quite a jolly aunt, uncle as it as it goes but I mean that's not so cool. So it run it runs out the the value of that runs out around I don't know, eight or nine these days. Um but yeah, I mean yeah, that's, this is this is Christmas. I mean this has been this has been like a lot of people's experience of Christmas is similar to ours. So yeah. I don't think it's a problem having it on the show. I mean, for more happier Christmases uh, listen back to previous episodes, the Christmas specials. I mean, that's the thing. Why do I do Christmas specials? As I don't like Christmas, what is it in me that makes me want to do because Christmas you want spe- to join in. specials? Yeah, yeah, I do. And also, I believe in Christmas. I do believe in the things behind what do you Christmas. Mean
2: by you in Christmas, I
1: believe in the light and the darkness. But the thing is, the 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 thing that I enjoy. Like, so one of the things that is my Christmas memory is the Moomin, Moomin, lad, uh, the Moomin family Christmas. In fact, I think this, the short, it's a short story rather than a full book. It's by Toby Janssen. Uh, and I think it's called The Fir Tree, actually. family hibernate through the winter right that's what they do Mm -hmm. so they've never experienced Christmas but one year they wake up they see all of these people being crazy, like as far as they can see. Like they're chopping down trees, they're they're (laughs) saying that they haven't got things. There's people getting stressed out that they haven't got presents and they piece together their idea, their impression of what Christmas must be from these kind of moments that they see of these people doing Christmas. And they- they're scared of Christmas they think they need to do these things to appease Christmas and that Christmas (laughs) won't won't destroy them because everybody's so stressed out by Christmas because Toby Janssen right she had a very much our kind of childhood Mm. so when she wrote her books they have the kind of family things that we recognize in them but nice but managed Mm. Uh, and the so all of that happens and they're scared and they put the tree together and they they put lights on it But, then, but it ends with the, it does end with the fact that there is light and there is, is beautiful and oh, I get it. Now I get why they like Christmas. There's, there's, there's all of this beauty. There's all of this people coming together. There's presents, all of these things that we can, that we can value, you know, and they, and they go through that journey with you. And I guess you know, my dad is very much I he, he, I don't know. I mean, I, like I say, I don't have any positive, necessary memories of, of of Christmases purely, with him. Although he's been very important in Christmases mm-hmm. of late. Like that's been one of the reasons I've had good Christmases, um, is I've had my dad around. But, like, his attitude is very Christmassy. Yeah. Like his attitude is very much like let's like love each other. Let's like. Mm-hmm. Let's and I think there's a lot of value in that, and so I guess that I like Christmas because I had that influence in my childhood, right? Yeah. So I guess I want to try and cover that in my in my podcast, but I also want to show the sad stuff. So I'm quite I'm glad that you've been my guest today. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, what are your sort of final thoughts? I guess on Christmas.
2: Um. I don't think I have any. Uh, uh, You should try and make yourselves and each other as comfortable as you can. But bear in mind that might not be possible. And it's okay if it wrecks you. You can always go home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a good message to be saying to people. I mean, I definitely think that people should remember it. I do intend to occasionally tweet during Christmas to remind people just to be aware that, like... It's cool that they're having a good Christmas, but just be aware that that's not a universally experienced thing. Like, not everyone you speak to is going to be like, yeah, Christmas, that's a happy mm-hmm. time. Like, when you ask people how they feel about Christmas, you should expect that they might come up with complicated answers. And if they don't, it's probably because they they feel we're not allowed to talk yeah. about it. We feel like we're not allowed to say that Christmas can be really stressful. Even though everyone thinks everyone it. Everyone knows. Everybody thinks it. I mean, particularly once you have different families, like you have mm. your new family and then you have to think, do you go home to your old family and all of these things that happen. And people have to negotiate that. So hopefully people listening at home this Christmas will will at least, if not having felt like warm and toasty <laughs> uh, and like Christmassy and uh, jolly, um, At least we feel your pain. Yeah, right. At least you've heard something and that that doesn't get talked about a lot. And uh, if you're having a ho- horrible Christmas, yeah, I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: <laughs> feel free to go home. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And I think feel, yeah, feel free to ne- not go home to make your own Christmases. Like, I think that's the thing. Mm. When I've had good Christmases, I've made them for myself. Um Yeah. Or I've gone and visited people who I consented to spend time with. Yeah, that's it. Good. Well, um, happy Christmas, I guess, to (laughs) listeners. Um, Happy Christmas to uh, to Nina, although it's you know,
2: I don't quite away before
1: (laughs) Christmas, and you know, I feel like yeah, yeah. I mean, if someone says Happy Christmas to you, do you accept it?
2: I well, I just sort of like. (laughs) I do this. I sort of like bumble a bit, and I go, uh, and in the end, I sort of land on thanks or something. But it's, so it's they not as Happy
1: Christmas, you say. Thanks. <laughs> thanks.
2: Yeah, like that. Yeah. Do
1: you don't say Happy Christmas back.
2: Uh, have I? I don't know. I'm not very good at this social thing. Am I know. Um, <laughs> I, I should, shouldn't I? That's what I should say. I should say Happy Christmas, Dave.
1: Well, that's the convention. You say Happy Happy Christmas, and then the other person says Happy Christmas back. Yeah. Okay. And then People always say Happy Christmas, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, because you can't have too many, you can't have a repeat of a word in a sentence, okay. it's, it's annoying. So people say Merry Christmas. I don't think anybody's Happy said Merry
2: Christmas to me yet this year, other than you. Just me, well,
1: Merry Christmas is more of a cliche, I think most yeah. people say Happy Christmas, but Merry Christmas is the kind of thing you get in, you know.
2: Yeah, sh- but it's been a bit early, like it's Scrooge still the beginning whatever. of December. And everyone knows oh, yeah. i kind of a Grinch.
1: It's so. totally <laughs> too early now. At this stage, it's definitely too early. But the podcast is going to go out. You know, it's going to be the last uh, time that the show will go out before Christmas. So over Christmas period, this will be all that they get. Oh, so people might hear this. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, yeah, because this will be going out uh, this Wednesday or maybe Thursday, depending on if I edit it in time. And then there won't be an episode of Getting Better Acquainted the week after uh, because I take my annual week off. My annual week off. Um, Yeah, and that's it. Much better for the edit. It's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you and with your... I wouldn't say a pleasant pleasure getting better acquainted with your Christmases, but certainly with you. Uh, And the last thing I ask my guests to do is to, to say goodbye to the audience. Bye. Bye, everybody, and uh, happy Christmas. (laughs) To play us out, we have Martin Ostwick singing a song that he wrote about Christmas. He performed it last year at the stand-up tragedy, tragic Christmas show that I put on last December and that was a complicated night for me and it was a night where I touched on a lot of the traumatic Christmases in a kind of cathartic way and a lot of really great performers made stuff, especially for the night. If you want to hear more of that, the full thing's out there. It's on the Stand Up Tragedy podcast, so you can check it out there. But on Friday, there's a special condensed version, a kind of best of Tragic Christmas Uh, That's about an, an hour and a half of the best and bleakest and funniest and most complicatedly nostalgic performances that happened on the night. You can't hear Martin as part of that, but I'm really glad to be able to share him here. I really love Martin's music and it's a great pleasure for him to give me a track to play on the show. You should check him out in all of his podcast forms. He does lots of podcasts himself. He's also one third of the Answer Me This audio team. You should check out his music that he does as under his own name. And he's also done music under The Sound of the Ladies. You should follow him on Twitter and just basically check him out. Generally, if Martin's doing it, it's going to be interesting. This week's plug is check out Martin Ostwick and check out stand-up tragedy and friday's tragic christmas special happy christmas whatever your relationship with christmas whether it's positive negative or somewhere in the middle
4: couldn't you have picked a better day to nearly die As I get older it seems not a day goes by Without a baby being born Or somebody I know nearly dying It was so hard to believe When they took us to one side on that Christmas Eve, and then both my parents cried when they said, In eight days' time, you wouldn't be singing old Lang Syne. I've been gone for such a long time, I've been out at sea since May. When I got back to land, they changed the city's name. The streets didn't look the same, except for the ones that did, covered in illuminations to celebrate something. It was so hard to believe I couldn't find my way around A place I'd known for years and I made my home In the tip of a sail of a windmill It's gentle rocking like the sea On those nights I fell asleep It was impossible to cook But I lived there for years Until one winter I struck out And I struggled to your house As you opened up the door I saw a Christmas tree behind you And I realised what the day was And I looked past across your face to say Couldn't you have picked a better day? Couldn't you have picked a better day? Couldn't you have picked a better day?